Spanish is the loving tongue, soft as music, light as spray. Twas a girl I learned it from, living down Sonora Way. Well, I don't look much like a lover, still I loved her words over, mostly when I'm all alone. Mi amor, mi corazón. Hola y bienvenido a una vida fotográfica. At this time of the year, I'm often transported back to a time in my life when my wife and I lived in the mountains in the northwest of Mallorca, near the town of Soyer. It was a working town. People who lived there were engaged in trades and rarely left the area, even to visit Palma, the capital, just one hour's drive away. My wife speaks Spanish and I learned my own version, described by my Spanish friends as the language of the bar. Living in Mallorca, travelling across Europe through Madrid and Frankfurt, I would complete my photographic assignments for big money, big clients. I regret not seeing photography as being more personal to me at the time. And I miss those cold, crisp, clear mountain mornings at this time of year. The early morning brandy in the local cafe with the fishermen and the tradesmen who became my good friends and remain so to this day. The friendship and understandings passed on with merely a look due to my lack of linguistic ability. Therefore, this week's contributors are all the more important to me because they're doing with photography what I should have been doing all those years ago. And they're going to be explaining to us what photography means to them. This week, we have a Spanish focus. Juan Habal started printing his photographs while studying chemistry at the university in Madrid and then on into Berlin. After graduating as a chemist, he decided to devote himself to photography and visual media. He studied at the School of the International Center of Photography, New York, and later obtained his master's in photography at the EFTI School in Madrid. Juan's work has been exhibited and published internationally and has been awarded grants from institutions such as the Spanish Ministry of Culture and the Fundación Botán. He has lived in Germany and the USA and is currently based in a small town in the mountains near Madrid. His first self-published photo book, Nachbar, Neighbor in German, consists of 36 photographs from the same view of the building in front of his flat in East Berlin, photographed for over a year. In 2014, the independent publisher Fuego Books published his project, Country Fictions, photographed in rural areas of the Iberian Peninsula between 2011 and 2013. In the aftermath of a profound economic crisis in Spain, in 2021, his work Last Best Hope developed in the city of Oakland, California, and will be published by Another Place Press. Hi, everyone. This is Juan Avalle talking to you from Madrid, Spain. First of all, thank you very much, Grant, for contacting me. I'll try to answer the question What does photography mean to you? Which is not an easy question to answer, at least for me. I believe photography is a very unique language. It is like a quiet language, a language full of secrets. There is something mysterious about photography, about its relationship with the world, 
especially about its ability to evoke emotions. I have been making images for over 30 years now, and photography has made me ask myself many questions and try to answer them, of course, about myself, but also about human beings in general. For example, why are we drawn to certain types of images, both as viewers and as image makers? How do we read photographs? How do we deal with the uncertainty which is contained in each photograph? Why does each one of us create a different narrative based on the same images? I really love about photography that after many years, I still feel that I have a lot to learn and a lot to discover. To me, what is most unique and essential about the photographic language cannot be translated into words. If it could, we probably wouldn't be so passionate about photography. I once heard Robert Adams telling an interesting story about Robert Frost, the poet. And I think that story helps describe how I feel about photography. Adams explains that someone came up to Robert Frost and asked him, Tell me what you said in this poem. Robert Frost answered, Do you want me to say it worst? Thank you for your contribution, Juan. It's short and sweet and very much to the point and really interesting how much emphasis there that Juan was putting on the idea of language. Now on to our second contributor this week, attempting to answer the same question. Ana Maria Aravalo Gossan was born in Caracas, Venezuela, and is now based between Bilbao, Spain and Venezuela. After studying political science, she graduated from the ETPA, a French photography school in Toulouse in 2014. She is driven by the ambition to shed light on the effects of the current economic crisis inside the Venezuelan society and her work as an empathetic, environmentally and socially critical focus based on long-term stories formed from in-depth investigations. Her project, Dias Eternos, about the conditions of women in Venezuelan prisons is the recipient of the Women Photograph Plus Nikon grant in 2018. In January 2020, she was the winner of the Lucas Dalega International Prize and in May 2020, she was a finalist in the International Women in Photography Association Awards. Also in 2020, she became a National Geographic Explorer. Reading John von Cuberta's book, The Fury of Images, I learned that when he was asking the 90s to give his opinion about including a small camera in a phone, his response was that the idea seemed like a solemn stupidity. He couldn't have been more wrong, though. Today, it seems impossible to think of a world without them. In other words, since the invention of the Internet, we live in the era of the democratization of the image. The image is no longer the creation of magicians, artists, or professionals in the field even. Every day, 1.8 billion images are produced. So for me, the difference inside this infinite sea of photographers lies in the why we create images. Photography is for me the vehicle to satisfy my curiosity by going through a process of intimacy with the other. As Joseph Kudelka so beautifully puts it, about his series, The Gypsies. He says, 
These images are an interrogation of photography's vocation to reach the enigma of the other, in a symbiotic effect provoked by the life experience shared with the protagonist and by the mental distance implied by the photographic camera. The protagonist is a figure of what we have of the other in ourselves. In other words, we see the people that we photograph as a possibility of mutual recognition. Spending long time developing a connection and exploring this recognition with the protagonist allows me to create such powerful images that I can put the viewer in the skin of those who I am photographing, or at least I can try. They can feel the emotions that are transmitted to, through my work and empathize with another person or a problem that they might not otherwise have known about. Through the creation of powerful stories, I want to advocate for minorities and give visibility to injustices. I spend time talking to the underprivileged. I become a witness. What I ultimately want with my work is to raise awareness of certain issues. I want to create change and improve the human condition. There is another reason for me to photograph, to photograph and that is to use it as a tool of healing and in difficult situations. <clears throat> in 2017, I photographed my husband's battle with testicular cancer. I pulled out the camera to cope with the fear and the pain. My conviction is that these images preserve our memory. What ultimately makes a photographer's work stand out and be heard is love. Every work we do comes from a place of love. That is my driving force. I fall in love with the protagonist of my stories and with my job. As Rumi the poet puts it so well, gamble everything for love. If you're a true human being, if not, leave this gathering. Half-heartedness doesn't reach into majesty. Since 2018, my husband and I have been using this series called The Meaning of Life for awareness and fundraising campaigns. The first two years, we prepare galleries and concert for the Movember Foundation. And last year, we did a campaign with Ralph Lauren. This brings me to my last reason to do what I do and my main goal. Through images, visual storytellers, or, or me, as a visual storyteller, we want to create a positive impact while fighting injustices, to be of service and to reduce gaps of information. So... That's what I, what I like about photography and that's my passion. And um, thank you so much for having me in your podcast. And I hope that you're all well and you're behaving and you're working hard. Besos from Bilbao and see you soon. Bye. Well, thank you, Anna, for a fantastically powerful contribution. Not the first time that cancer or love have come up in the answers that photographers have given us. Maybe we forget about that word love a little too often. Um, cancer, obviously, something that none of us can forget about. It's kind of omnipresent through our families and lives. So thank you very much, Anna. And of course, I'm behaving myself. I think I always do. Anna started off her contribution this week talking about smartphones and smartphone photography. For me, it's just photography. But I saw a press release for a new book this week and it raised a few issues that I thought perhaps were worth discussing. So the book promises to take your phone photography to the next level 
Uh, it's written by a British photographer who says that anyone with an interest in photography can take beautiful photographs using a phone. Well, I'm not going to disagree with him on that. As both a professional collaborating with big names and a, as a hobbyist, the writer of this book has built up a 750,000 plus following on Instagram. And he's just published this book, as I say. Now, that's absolutely fine. But what caught my eye was uh, one of the little chapter headings in this article about the book. And it said this, five tips for taking better phone photographs. I read on. So they ask, how do you create the perfect shot on a phone? Well, the photographer says, for me, it's a combination of things. Basically, everything in the book is essentially a list of things I think about every time I take a picture, which I see as a bunch of ingredients that go into making that picture. There's loads of them, and they're all overlapping, and it's about using your surroundings to your advantage. He goes on to give us those five tips. Well, number one is think about the composition. Number two, pick your vantage point. Number three, getting the right light. Number four, take advantage of the changing of the seasons. Number five, play around with reflections. He then goes on to talk about the issues of not being able to change your lens on a phone and how to use photo editing apps. Well, if, like me, you spend times in charity shops or flea shops looking out for uh, photographic books that have got hidden in there little bargains, you'll be well aware that those shops are full of how-to manuals on photography. Many of them written by John Hedgeco. You may be aware of if you're looking at those books in the UK, somebody who I once did a project with actually. But anyway, the five points for me have got absolutely nothing to do with taking better phone photographs. They have everything to do with taking better photographs. And for me, this is the issue. When are we going to stop thinking that a phone camera is anything but a camera? It is a camera. It's also a moving image camera. Why do we feel that the phone photograph is perhaps different? Perhaps it's a lesser item than a photograph taken with a professional camera. Why do people feel that they need to say that it is taken on a smartphone? Why does that matter? For me, anybody looking to get better images from their smartphone will do just as well to pick up one of those cheap books in any charity shop that's out there. Because the rules of the game have always been the same. I get the feeling that this is a little bit of a money for old rope. Maybe I'm being a bit unfair. Maybe I'm being a little bit cynical. I think I'll leave you to be the judge of that one. As the year comes to an end, I think the big theme or the big discussion point for a lot of photographers is NFTs. And I am expecting a lot more photographers to start to get involved in them in the new year. It's certainly a discussion that's going on amongst photographers who are either looking to get involved in NFTs or, I have to say, making a lot of money out of them. I'm still not sure how many of those photographers are making big money, but it's definitely a case 
that some are. I got involved in a very heated and very enjoyable uh, debate discussion piece of badinage with a photographer the other day about that. He put the point forward that, you know, we're the past and we need to be careful because is it's the young people who are coming in. And I'm certainly very aware of not wanting to be seen as a grumpy old man in a shed, kind of throwing out grumpiness and really being very kind of old school and backward thinking and backward looking in anything that happens in photography. I think perhaps my writings prove the fact that I'm not that, but I'm also very aware, having recently turned 57, that that's a dangerous road to travel. But anyway, remaining open-minded with the NFTs, I still hope that I'm going to get some kind of an understanding about it. But it's definitely the case for me at the moment that I'm not really getting clarity of message, but I'm getting an awful lot of noise. There is still time if you're looking for that perfect gift for yourself or that person in your life who uh, loves photography to get them one last gift to pop in that uh, Christmas stocking. You know what I'm going to say? It's the book of the podcast. Uh, What does photography mean to you? 89 professional award-winning photographers from around the world explain what photography means to them. Just £9.99 plus post and packing from bluecoatpress.co.uk If you're getting a bit fed up with me promoting this book, well, have no fear. We're down to under 100 copies left. So if you do want to get hold of one, now is the time to do it. I've got a feeling that in the new year, I'll be no longer promoting the book because we will have sold out. Sold out of copies, of course, not sold out as Dylan was accused of being when he went from acoustic to electric. That's a different kind of selling out. But of course, he didn't sell out either, did he? Anyway, it's always good to bring it back to Dylan. I started this week with the words from the song, Spanish is the Loving Tongue, uh, written by Charles Clark and Mark Williams Ellis, but famously recorded by Dylan. One of my favourite songs, and actually one of my introductions to the Spanish language, strangely enough. Anyways, we're moving close towards Christmas. I hope everything's going well for you. Uh, Still a couple more episodes before we actually introduce our Christmas episode, which I guarantee you you're going to enjoy with a really special guest contributor to what does photography mean to you and a very interesting take in how they answer that question as well. Just leaves me to say at the end of this particular episode... Cuidate.